This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good morning from the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, along with Charlie good today. Good morning. Good morning. And here we are on Remembrance Day. Yes. And just remarking moments ago before we even got the air, I'm looking out the window here at a beautiful sunny day. Beautiful, and I, I, crispy, cold yes, sunny day. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but it's it was, in my mind, slightly incongruous. I always, in my mind, uh, think that every Remembrance Day is the same. Mm. It's cloudy, it's cold, it's rainy. Yeah, that sort of misty, yeah, yeah. wet. Uh, and sort of a reminder of what it must have been like uh, as far as the wetness and the cold mm. for those poor guys and gals in uniform in the trenches, you know, mm. many, many years ago. Well, guys, but, I guess, in the trenches, yeah. but... That's that's true. Many, many years ago. Yep. But here we are, uh, a, a beautiful day, and mm-hmm. there are going to be a lot of uh, wonderful ceremonies today, and I hope that uh, everyone takes part in as as best we can. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Later in the show, maybe I'll uh, share uh, the story about the Vimy oak trees. Oh, yeah, right? I look when forward to you that. You might have heard sure. something about. Um, but, um, yeah, better give the numbers, oh, and then absolutely. maybe we'll get some calls, and we yeah. can talk gardening. Absolutely, okay. <laughs> if, if you are uh, in the Toronto area, Here's the number to call and to reach Charlie, 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, of course, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Call early, call often, one question per call. And, uh, by the way, if you are a first-time caller, let Sebastian know, and uh, this is what you'll hear when you get to the airwaves. Yeah, yeah, get your garden wings. That's right. <laughs> okay. And, of course, you yeah. did a mad dash to get that <sighs> bell. <laughs> uh, almost out of breath from that little run say, down the hall. You Woo. came back in uh, without uh, you know, sweating too hard, so that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Speaking of sweating too hard, do you know what? I the last, This last week, yeah. seeing the weather that was coming and, you know, we're right down to the wire in oh, the garden, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You should have seen me. I was so focused all day Wednesday and Thursday up until about 3 o'clock in the yeah. afternoon. Yeah. I was nonstop outside, emptying composters, filling composters, mowing lawns, mowing leaves, oh my putting gosh. leaves yeah. everywhere, fertilizing the lawn, <laughs> planting garlic. I mean, I was yeah. cutting down roses. I was just I was just nonstop. You would have been so impressed. Beehive I, of activity. I, I, was tru- I was truly sweating, despite how cold cold it was I had to wear a hat because my head was cold but my body was was dripping so yes indeed it was a fun oh. couple of days but it's done the garden yeah, is put yeah. to bed so there I'm, you a, go. I'm okay. a happy person good good on you uh, okay, one quick announcement on? mm. this Monday November 13th at 8 o'clock in the evening 
at the in the Knox United Christian Education Centre at 2575 Midland at Shepherd in Toronto, the Agent Court Garden Club will be meeting. The guest speaker is Gillian Taylor on the subject of succulents. Mm-hmm. Very trendy plants these days, succulents. Plan to socialize and laugh with all the other novice, regular and or expert, very friendly gardeners. Coffee, tea, desserts for a small donation of pocket change. So that's this Monday and then a week tomorrow... On the 19th of November, the Toronto Rhododendron Society is hosting their annual general meeting from 12 noon to 4 p.m. at the Toronto Botanical Garden, 777 Lawrence Avenue East at Leslie. Two lectures by Betty Ann Addison. She's from Minneapolis. Uh, number one, she's speaking about hybridizing hardy rhododendrons. And number two, woodland companions for rhododendrons. Um, Betty Ann Addison is a member of the American you know, Rhododendron mm-hmm. Society. She's um, arguably, arguably, she gardens in a more challenging climate than even ours when it comes to growing rhododendrons. Summers are hotter there, winters are colder, and there is that risk of tornadoes and uh, all kinds of, you know, hurricane force winds. So, Betty Drawing is, from her expertise. Yeah, she's yeah. quite the expert, and she's been brought up to Toronto special, or will be coming up special for this Rhododendron Society meeting. So, if you're all interested in rhodos, azaleas, definitely plan to attend that lecture week tomorrow at the TBG. All righty. Thank you, Charlie. And uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. And I see the calling uh, is, oh, is... Speaking of rhododendrons, look, there's somebody on the on the phone uh, wants that, to ask. Hey, well, all Mitzi. right. We'll get to all of those calls in moments here on Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And here we are uh, to the phone lines now, Charlie. But we were just talking oh, yes. about how cold <laughs> we both ended up being on Thursday. Holy but cow. I think we all really felt that, and I think it's because of the drama. That it, we our bodies didn't slowly get used to the cold. Yeah. We just went from Plunged above right into it. to well yeah. below zero. Well, I was telling Charlie, <laughs> I have never experienced a cold in my hands like that. It, it took almost a half an hour for my hands to warm up, and I was almost almost whining Crying. as I was. Tra- yeah. yeah. And when was that? Like Friday morning. Uh, on yes, Friday morning, yeah. and uh, I, I, in fact, <laughs> stupidly, but I had to, uh, at least in the laneway on the farm there. I was driving down the road with my knees because I had both hands underneath my armpit Arm trying to warm, warm them up. Oh, 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 what a snowflake I am. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's get to the calls here. There's Sally in Hamilton. Good morning and welcome to the show, Sally. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have one quick question about hydrangea. We have a couple of them, and they've got beautiful, beautiful blooms. Mm-hmm. Can we leave them on all winter, or should we cut them off? Oh, I always leave them on for the winter for just, what, like you said, beautiful blooms. Right. Because they just turn toasty and bronze-like, but they, oh, yeah, they hang on all winter. Yes, and well, that's so- great. And in the springtime, uh, we cut... Well, are these are round blooms yes, or the round, conical round. ones? Okay, so the round ones, in the spring, you'll wait until the weather has started to warm up and the ground has started to thaw, and you'll go out and look, and you will see green buds on the stems uh-huh. beneath where the flowers are at the tips, and you'll cut back the shrubs. Depending on, on how big they are and, you know, how big they were last year, I, I tend to take the whole shrub back to maybe 8 or 9 or 10 inches tall um, to those buds because you will see where the, the life is in the stems and you're cutting off all the rest. Right. Well, that's great. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. And have a great day. Thank you. You Same too. Same to you. Thank you Bye-bye. for uh, joining us here. 
on uh, Zoomer Radio. Hey, uh, first time caller, oh, reach, reaching nice. for the bell is Franklin. <laughs> there we are. Oh, that's for Mitzi right here in Toronto. Well, Hi, welcome Mitzi. Welcome to the show. Hello, Charlie. Hi there. Uh, thank you for taking my call, and I love your show. Thank you. Uh, I have one question about my rhododendron bush. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a very old bush. It's at least 25 years old, and wow. it's about six feet across and about five feet high, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It's It's been beautiful for so many years, uh, always loaded with blooms. But I, because of the warm weather recently, um, I think it's confused yeah. and it's loaded with uh, buds. Oh, it should be loaded with buds now. They they always do set their buds in the fall. All right. And so I, that, my question was going to be, uh, what can I expect to happen in the spring? Is it Will it be blooming again? Oh, yeah, it should. It's every year it will have set its buds in the fall. What's, what happened, though, you're right, we had that super warm weather in uh, – October, October, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, after it was a bit chilly in September, then it got really hot in October. And some of the buds on the rhododendrons and the magnolias started to crack open a bit. Mm-hmm. So we started to see a little bit of color. That's what was happening in mine. And they're bigger. their buds are bigger than usual. Right. So they started to swell and they started to think it's spring. Now, of course, it's gotten super cold. So everything's you know come to a dead halt in terms of moving forward. So hopefully... You will will not lose any of those buds. They won't get frosted off. They will be they they didn't mature enough that they'll get lost this winter, and that you'll still have that beautiful show next spring. If some of the buds don't survive the winter because they just moved, you know, into maturity too far and then freeze off this winter, you'll have fewer blooms next spring. But it should not affect the ultimate health of the plant. Oh, that's that's good news. Okay. <laughs> I really appreciate your call. And, oh, my pleasure. And Thanks. And have a wonderful remem- Remembrance Day. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Mitzi. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now have a wonderful weekend. And thanks for joining us here on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, and, of course, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Now, in uh, Tilsonburg, a gentleman by the name Warner is hanging on the line there. Be patient, Warner. We're coming right back to talk to you and find out what's going on in what used to be a tobacco country. That's right. What's, what's happening now? Well, we'll find out in moments. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Now, just before we check in with uh, Warner out there in Tilsonburg, let me uh, get the phone numbers on the air. We do have one line open right now, 416-360-0740. And then any, anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. And Warner, you're welcome. Uh, good morning <laughs> and welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie good. and Frank. Good morning. I have an aloe vera plant. Mm-hmm. I had it outside all summer. It's nice. It's big. Good. Now, if I want to go away for three months, I, I brought it inside already. Mm-hmm. How do I care for it? Well, th- you chose a very good plant to have if you are going away for three months because it's very likely to survive while you're gone. Okay. Uh, they're great that way. They can go for very, very long periods without any care whatsoever. Should I give them a little water before I go? I would definitely give it a little water. Before you go, you turn your thermostat probably down so that your your home 50? is... Pardon? 50 Fahrenheit. Yep. 
So down, yeah, 10 Celsius. Uh, so that's good because, of course, any plant that's held at a temperature like that, 50 or 10, is going to use less water because it's going to slow down because the temperature's cooler. Um, I would probably leave it, I wouldn't like darken the room and close the drapes up tight and leave it in the dark. I would leave it in a bright spot, um, whether you will have some, you know, shears closed or, you know, blinds partially closed, that's fine. But I would definitely don't leave it in pitch black and and give it a thorough watering before you go so that it's well watered um, not sitting in water, but the, the pot and the soil has been thoroughly saturated and drained off. And then you're just leave it alone. You'll come back in three months and it'll be happy to see you. It's got two kids. It's got two offspring. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Little pups, we call those. Yep. Yeah. So next year, if, you're, if you want in the spring, you can unpot the whole mess and yeah. sever the little babies off of the mother and pot them up separately and then put mum back into the main pot if you wish. Or you can okay. start just having the little clump thing going on. Okay. All right. Uh, before you go away, uh, Warner, can you maybe uh, settle it? Well, Charlie and I both we were talking I about I feel like Tilsonburg. I just read an article. What's what the happened? main crop in Tilsonburg yeah, these used days? Yeah, it used to be uh, tobacco. But no, no, it's all changed. Yeah. It's a lot of corn. There's, I've, I've only been here. I used to be in Whitby. I've only oh. been here for a while. And there's farming going on. Yeah. There is some crops there. I don't even know what they are. I'm I tempted to stop and find uh, out. Yeah. I feel like, was it, is it grapes? Are you seeing grapes? I heard peanuts going? a long while ago. Peanuts is what went in after the tobacco yeah. because not everything would grow in the soil after the tobacco had grown there. Uh, peanuts would grow there. Mm-hmm. Plus, peanuts helped get the soil back into condition mm-hmm. so there was more choices of crops. Well, you think something else. Other yeah. Than well, I feel like I just read some article about Tilsonburg. Maybe we'll put the, put the word out to get back to us, anybody yeah. in the Tilsonburg area. <laughs> I guess we could. Do some with Warner. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Warner. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for calling. Yeah, you got Thank it. Thank you very much. Have a okay. great winter going away for three months. I'm totally jealous. And <laughs> here I go, reaching for the bell again. Oh, good. You're getting some exercise. Just a minute now. I'm just trying to read that. Uh, uh, Marianne. Marianne. Yeah, I couldn't read my own writing. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> oh, dear. Hi, Marianne. Hi. Hi, Charlie. Good Thank morning. Thank you for taking my call. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I love your show. And you have your garden wings now, so what's going on? Um, okay, so I have a rose bush, which was about 30 years old, uh-huh. and which was destroyed while when a fence was being put up. Mm. But uh, there was one stem that my husband found, and he placed it in a pail with water. And it's been sitting in the water for two months, and it started rooting. Mm. So would that actually grow? Depends what kind of rose it is. I mean, roses will always grow roots, and obviously now you have a rose plant because you've got roots and you've got a cane or stems and leaves, so there's your plant. The issue is that some roses, depending on what the variety is, do not grow roots that are super vigorous or hardy enough to to um, withstand our extreme winter temperatures, which is why many roses are budded or grafted onto a different rose set of roots. So that's what it all comes down to. So some roses are super tough and hardy and they can grow really vigorous roots and, and they grow on their own roots without any issue. Other roses are not that way and are 
or actually budded or grafted onto a separate set of roots. So it's always worth a try, Marianne. I would certainly get that into the ground before the ground freezes. No, you, I wasn't. Uh, no, I was going to uh, plant it indoors and then in the springtime move it outside. I wouldn't. I wouldn't plant it outside right now. It's just too too cold. Has it <clears throat> has it been inside the in the water all this time? It's been inside. Um, it's been outside for about a month and inside for about a month. Hmm. So you may. It is, it's, it's been it's thirty years old and it's kind of it's very sentimental. I get it. No, I understand. Yeah. No, I understand. It's, we we think that sometimes we help because we're worried the rose is going to get cold outside. The issue though is that it is an outdoor plant Mm -hmm. and it does want to grow in the summer and sleep in the winter Mm -hmm. so by bringing it in for the winter uh it won't go to sleep it'll be responding to your furnace temperatures and your you know the sunshine etc so do get it into some potting soil into a pot and do your best to give it as much light as you possibly can uh only water as necessary do not fertilize or anything like that just let it be a, a green plant if it is for the winter starting in february start fertilizing once a month and treat it as a flowering house plant uh until we get you know the the spring action and then get it out into the ground as soon as you can in the spring and and you know what it's very much going to survive if it gets through the winter it'll be fine in the spring and summer next fall you may want to do some protection to it uh in the way of hilling it uh adding some mulch leaves around the base of the plant uh eight or nine inches of of topsoil around the base of the plant once we get into the the cold weather because that will help if it is a tender rose Mm -hmm. okay great thank you so much you're very welcome let us know how that works out i know sentimental i thought thought you were going to say put it in the pot and then bury the whole pot i was Uh, going to say that but it's been inside for the last month oh so that okay so it's got all kinds of tender new growth on it right now right so to suddenly just take it outside it would it would well that would be cruel exactly that's where you would say oh that's like cruel and unusual punishment if it had stayed outside all this time Mm -hmm. though like like marianne said it was Mm -hmm. outside for about a month and then inside for about a month if it stayed outside for the last two months i'd say definitely get it in a pot get the pot in the ground okay there Mm -hmm. you go (laughs) all sorts of surprising stuff happening here Uh, I know. Well, it's just a, like yeah. which direction you go yeah, depends. Yeah. And, you know, that's that thing about protecting our little babies, right? That's, yep. that, you know, sentimental, you know. And yeah, we, maternal we instinct all, there. Yeah, well, and some of us have plants that we've inherited from family, and we don't want to lose them. Exactly. And why Why not? Yeah. Well, now, uh, George in Toronto, welcome to the show. Hi, George. Yes, hello. Good morning. I bought some um, cut flowers uh and they don't seem to last. Um, the girl gave me a white powder packet. Uh-huh. And, uh, they, and uh, I told her, I said, they don't last. And she said, well, try ginger ale or try sugar or try this and try that. I, I'm not making a cocktail. I just want to plant <laughs> the flowers to last. Well, but remember, cut flowers, by virtue of being cut, are in the process of oh, dying. No, they're only lasting a week. Okay, do you know what kind of flowers you've been buying? Oh, I, I, I buy the tulips and a oh. couple of other uh, varieties of cut flowers for a vase that I have. Nice. So some flowers last longer than others. So try and pick, when you're choosing flowers to last long, the longest, choose carnations if you can. Choose chrysanthemums. 
Uh, and there's another one called Alstroemeria. And any of those three are, are long-lasting cut flowers. Number two, make sure your vase is really, really clean. I, I, a florist once told, actually a floral designer once told me that your vases, before you put cut flowers in them, should be clean enough that you would drink out of them. Oh, be- because, boiling water and then Yeah, maybe. soap, water, whatever, yeah. just really, really clean because that way eliminate any bacteria. Again, that will prolong the life of your cut flowers. The other thing is temperature. If you can keep your cut flowers in a cooler temperature as opposed to a, a hot apartment or a hot house, they will last longer. So, you know, if you've got any part of your home, even if it's right on a window ledge, that's going to be a little cooler than, say, the middle of the dining room table, you will find that your cut flowers will last longer. Uh, so the, the, those are my best suggestions. And and the little packet of um, food that she, the, the, the person in the store offered you, that's worth using because that, again, that will prolong the life of the cut flowers. And I guess the final thing is you remember to recut the ends whenever you bring cut flowers home. We always do a they recut. They start to heal over, do they? Or well, they, yeah. If they've, as soon as they're yeah. exposed to air, <clears throat> they, they healing over isn't really the correct term, but they do start to seal off the... Um, the xylem and the phloem, okay. so you just don't have that ability of, for liquids to enter into the stem as liquids are going out of the top of the, the, the plant. You want liquids yeah. to be able to enter good, into the bottom. Yeah. No roots there to do it, so you've got to have that, the vascular system wide open, and that's why we recut. Excellent. All right. Hey, thanks, George. Good thanks for joining that. us here on the uh, Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Um, out there at Woodstock, well, there's Tom. Good morning, Tom. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you? Morning. Great. How are you? I'm great. Um, I have several. I have three different uh, Japanese maples, mm-hmm. um, and I wonder how to uh, prepare them for the winter. One's about a year old, mm-hmm. and the other one is uh, a couple of years old, and the other one's maybe three or four. Uh I don't typically do anything to prepare my Japanese maples. They they should be showing some good color right now. They still have leaves on them, I assume. Yes, uh, yeah, of them are quite bright red. Yeah, it took a while for that color to show, but finally, a couple of cool nights. Suddenly, we've got the the leaves blazing at us from our Japanese maples. Um, like I say, I don't typically do anything. I mean, as long as these aren't being exposed to, like, salt from the road, you know, spray from uh, a highway nearby, anything like that, I would not worry about any kind of covering on them. If you're concerned that they're a little bit on the tender side, but, of course, you're in Woodstock, so you're kind of guaranteed to have lots of snow anyway. Um, but if you're worried that they're just going to – the wind is going to be whipping around them and they're just, you know, being too much cold that way, you can do the same kind of mulching that we do at the base of some of our tender uh, plants like our roses or our more recently planted plants. So it's mulched leaves a couple inches deep around the base of the plant, even a, a couple inches, eight or ten inches of just topsoil at the base of the plant once, you know, the, they're truly dormant. And that is all moved away, obviously, in the spring. But just to, as a way of trying to kind of temper some of the extremes that we get with our temperatures. Uh, and it can be a, very hard on plants to have extreme cold and extreme warm and rain and then snow and then rain and then snow and, and just, you know, up and down weather. So that's what sometimes we will do that sort of extra layer of just something that insulates, um, holds air. You know, s- snow is great, but if you're where you won't have a lot of snow, soil, leaves, any of those things can be quite effective. 
Uh, you wouldn't wrap them with burlap or anything? No, no, because remember, the burlap's not going to do anything with a deciduous plant. The plant will drop its leaves. The plant will be asleep. There's The burlap, we, we use that around evergreens because of the, um, the respiration and the loss of liquid through the evergreen leaves of those plants. Right. But with deciduous plants, we don't worry about loss of liquid. Like I said, it would only be if you were worried about something like, say, salt spray, that you would say, I need to protect from the, the salt, then I would use some burlap around the plant. But otherwise, no. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very Great, welcome. Tom. Thanks, thanks for joining us from Woodstock. Yeah. Nice to have you here. Uh, just, if I may, uh, just steal just a little moment of time. Uh, of course. To give, uh, of course. G- give a plug to a young lady who is over uh, with Marilyn. In fact, it's uh, Marilyn's cousin. She's, I believe she said around seven years yeah, of age. Yeah, very young, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's, uh, sight impairment uh, mm-hmm. is what she suffers from. In any case, she doesn't suffer. She, she's quite the little business lady. <laughs> yeah. Entrepreneur. She makes... She crafts uh, bracelets for adults, beads and that sort of thing. Has a little company all set up, and all of the proceeds that sold from these um, uh, crafted beads uh, and bracelets go to Camp Ooch that helps kids with cancer. And mm. so, if if you're looking for a, some you know some small items to have as stocking stuffers yeah, or whatever, uh, two hundred Spadina is where Marilyn is located. Her store, and you have Guapa, uh, I guess, on the second floor there, and that's where you'll you'll meet uh, Lily. And Lily's uh, there today from eleven to three. I think I wasn't believe it? that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. but she sounds like a delightful little kid and, yeah. and very, very much business oriented. Quite a, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, obviously a chip off the yeah, old block. Right. Marilyn is also quite the entrepreneur. She is quite the promoter, <laughs> isn't she? You bet. Uh, what time have we got here? Uh, okay, we're still okay for time here, but we uh, do have a couple of lines. Yeah, open. talk to Lorraine. Then why don't I tell you about the Vimy Oaks? Okay, and then when we come back, maybe we'll have some more calls because right now you're sure. right, the lines are open. Okay, let me repeat the numbers, 416-360-0740. And anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Now, the... Uh, Let's Vimy- go to Lorraine. Oh, uh, Lorraine, yes, of course. Hi, Lorraine. <laughs> How are you? Good morning. I just um, uh, got um, a plant that I wasn't my, was my, got it from someone else, mm. and it's a um, tropical plant uh, with pink leaves, pink um, flowers, five petals with orange in the middle, and heavy, gray, heavy le- uh, green leaves. Um, it's a vine, and I was wondering how to care for it. I have it in an L-shaped living room with south and east. Um, light but not in direct sun so should i be trimming it should i be fertilizing it it's in flower right now right and this sounds like somebody had this plant outside at their place and then didn't have a room to bring it in and you said i'll bring it to my house right so that sounds like a mandevilla okay so if you wanted i think that's what it is yeah so mandevilla is a is a beautiful tropical vine that is often used outdoors and and certainly can be overwintered in the house now what i would do with it number one you've made sure it's clean 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 there's no bugs in it whatsoever all the spiders and sow bugs and everybody's been eradicated from the plant and you've brought it into your home. Get it into the sun, though. Get it into the sunniest spot that you've got. Yes. You will find that it's going to respond to being inside and all that warmth in your home by, by growing quite a lot of very sort of tender, soft shoots. Yes. So uh, you can, for now, just wrap anything that grows 
uh, these long viney things. Just continue to wrap it on the existing. There's probably like a little trellis or something in the pot or some stakes. And just sort of keep the whole thing as neat and tidy as you can. It's going to drop a few leaves because it's going to go through a certain amount of shock. Because the light levels are so different from outdoors to indoors. And it it does like all that light it was in outdoors. So it's going to drop a few leaves, grow some more leaves. And it's just going to go through a little bit of a process. Only water it when it's dry. And that means really feel the soil. You want it to feel quite, not not like a desert dry, but certainly on the dry side. But okay. And then when you do water, water fairly thoroughly. It might be, depending on the size of the pot, you know, it might be a, a liter or two of water if it's a big pot. Uh, and then again, let it dry right down. So you might only be watering it once a month. You know, don't water by the calendar, water by the feel of the soil. Okay. Come spring... You will start to fertilize and with just a regular flowering plant fertilizer, but you will also at that point probably want to pull out your pruners and do some cutting back because by that time it might be kind of a mess in terms of a lot of viney stems and growth all over the place. And cutting it back, uh, making it a more compact plant will make it a better looking plant in the spring because you'll start all kinds of new growth from those cut points and it'll be a much bushier, thicker, more dense plant with lots of opportunities for flowers. Okay, so okay. do I prune it um, the lengthwise or like or on both? Yeah, you'll do both. You'll okay. yeah, you'll do both. It'd be width and height probably. Okay. okay. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Bye. All right. Have a good weekend and thanks for keeping it right here at Zoomer Radio. Um, we do have to go to a break right now, and when we come back, maybe we want to do the, uh, mm-hmm. the oak story, oak yes, story. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, and we've got lots of other callers uh, waiting to talk to you, so we'll. Push right along here uh, on this Remembrance Day. Back in just a moment. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, on this Remembrance Day, you have a very appropriate little story to tell us here now. I do, and actually it was one of our callers who suggested that that Mm -hmm. I share this story, uh, which was a really good point. So something that not maybe everybody knows, but um, way back in April 1917, which was just a few days after the Vimy Ridge um, uh, battle had taken place, and Canadians, as you know, were mm-hmm. the ones that took back Vimy Ridge. There was a soldier walking through the, the barren battlefield, because at that point, everything had just been flattened. And the battlefield, of course, was pocketed uh, with you know big holes, and all the trees had been knocked down, and the place was a mess, and there was you know, dead and dying people all over the place. The soldier, though, was a young Canadian, and he had really been admiring some of the trees in Europe, some of the big old trees that he was seeing through, through the war. So... There was all these knocked over um, oak trees, and he picked up a few acorns, stuck them in his pocket. He mailed the acorns home to Scarborough, which was where his family farm was. Uh, The family planted the acorns on the farm. So 100 years later, those oak trees are still living in Scarborough, and um, they are considered the Vimy Oaks. They grew quite beautifully. The young soldier came back from the war two years later, and the oaks were just little saplings at that point. So he um, took over the farm, uh, you know, 
continued to, mm-hmm. to follow the family, uh, um, what everybody had been doing, and the oaks got bigger and bigger. He renamed his own personal farm because they severed a section 24 acres off for him. And he built his own house, and he tended the oak saplings, and he, re- he named his farm, Vimy, the Vim- named it Vimy Oaks. Wow. So in the early 1950s, the McDonald family, so just a separate family, they're driving, doing a Sunday drive, which people remember back in the day, yeah. people went for Sunday drives. So they were doing a Sunday drive, and the McDonald father had been also in the war, and he saw this Vimy Oak sign. He went, whoa, what's that? So he said, let's uh, go take a look. Stopped by, started chatting up with the, the young soldier, whose name was Lieutenant Miller, and f- just heard the whole story about how the oak mm. trees came about and why he named his farm Vimy Oaks. And their young son was just a six-year-old named Monty, and he heard this story. And then they everybody became really good friends, and Monty would go visit the farm, and he would help on the farm as a kid. And, you know, years went by. Uh, and then he grew up, Monty grew up, and he had a family, and he started taking his family to the farm where, oh, wow. where and this is all still in Scarborough, uh-huh. right? Where he had, you know, spent yeah. all this time. So, you know, time went on. The, of course, the farm was no longer the farm and it became, you know, residential. But uh, Monty, in 2004, took his own family back to, um, took his own family to Europe because he was retracing his dad's war experience. When they got to Vimy Ridge, he was shocked to see there was no trees at all, much less anything like the oaks that he knew were back in Scarborough. And he knew those oaks mm. were from acorns from mm-hmm. the Mee Ridge. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's kind of neat. <clears throat> At that point, he got the idea. It was it was time to take some of those acorns wow. back to oh, France. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that was what his idea, and that was in 2004 he got this idea. However, in his best-case scenario, he wanted to actually start to grow some little oak trees and then take those mm-hmm. over to France in time for the, the <clears throat> centennial. Bottom line, it's really hard to take plants in soil across borders. So a couple of hundred oaks were grown here in Ontario, but all of them have been donated to go into memorial sites across Canada uh, and cenotaphs, etc. So there are Vimy oaks across Canada now that start little little trees still from acorns from the Scarborough trees. Meanwhile, hundreds of acorns were shipped over to France to a tree nursery where they were grown into young trees. And now um, these little trees are going to go into a four-acre destination park Uh that has been designated for the Vimy Ridge, at the Vimy Ridge Memorial um, to create this whole new oak forest there. Isn't that a marvelous story? It hasn't happened yet. It'll be in the fall 2018 that the the actual planting will take place. But uh, still, a really neat story. And you're right, full circle. Oh, man, that is so so good. Taking the oaks back uh-huh. to, to Vimy Ridge. Terrific. So pretty neat. That is absolutely excellent. Okay. All right. Uh, no, we're taking another little break here after oh, that story because okay. we do have uh, callers on the line. I want to make sure we get everybody on this morning. So let's uh, do that little break after that marvelous story, and we'll be right back. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Charlie, let's uh, welcome Rita in from Richmond Hill. Hi, uh, Rita. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. I need your help again, Charlie. No worries. With all the rain this year, um, the moss has doubled, tripled, and you can't walk on the driveway. You can't walk on the rocks. I fell a couple months ago, broke my wrist in two places. I've gone to the stores for help. There's nothing from moss. 
people have told me to try and use Javix, vinegar, mm -hmm. gasoline. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so I don't know if you can help me or not. Okay, so growing, like you said, driveway, rocks, uh, yeah, walkways. Well, it's, it's a slimy, slimy, green moss hmm. that's wow. growing everywhere. I feel like I've seen, like, so when you go to the store, do you ever see anything called demosser or something to the effect of moss remover? No, it's, it's, I didn't, well, to tell you the truth, all I went to was, um, like, Canadian Tire, Walmart, and yeah. places like that. Okay. And if you read all the stuff in there, and I have such a lot to buy, yeah. I can't pay $27 just for a little no, I know. container. But you know what it might just come down to? So obviously it's a fairly, these are shady locations that the moss is thriving so much. Is it shade caused no. by trees? No. No, where the road is, there is no, no, no I get, it shade. gets lots of sun. Lots of sun. But around the back where I fell, um, as far as I'm concerned, there's lots of sun there too. Huh. But funny, yeah. it just grew crazy this year with all the rain. Yeah, and you have tried, uh, don't do gasoline, of course, because that'll really poison your soil. But have you tried like some really good, like vinegar as an example, um, or, you know, some really sort of strong soaps and, you know, oh. stiff brush? Oh, brush. Oh, my God. I'd never get up. It's too far. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you get a long-handled, like a, a stiff broom, you know, oh. that kind of a yeah. uh, brush. But you know yeah. what? Leave this with me because you're not going to worry about doing anything right now. I mean, it's, the moss isn't going to be slippery till the spring if, if we – well, mind you, it is going to get warm yeah. potentially again. Leave this with me. I'm going to report back what I would do. I just think that there are um, – moss grows in conditions that – it's super happy with. Typically, it tends to be a moist location. It tends to be low pH, and it tends to be on the dark side. But you've said that there's lots of sun here. Yeah. So sunny, sunny, sunny. Maybe but that we can. One side, you might be right. You might be right on that one side. That could be where I went down. Where it could be a little shady there. Yeah. But there's still, I know the sun gets in there. Right. But, but some, I know what you're saying. But it if it's be, shady because of a tree overhead and you know, quite a bit. Mm -hmm. dense canopy Fine. of a tree, right off the bat, I'd say let's yep. get an arborist in there and let's open up that canopy and let's get some more air and sun mm -hmm. penetrating through any trees that might be causing some of that shade. But meanwhile, leave it with me. And also, the other thing would be moisture. Doing whatever we can to ensure that moisture continues to move through and that we. Don't don't have any wet spots uh, where moss will happily grow. But I will report back. This will be my homework. Soap, like a good soap that you do washing dishes or good soap you do laundry with? Well, that's what I'm going to let you know. So oh, listen up next okay. week. I'm going to yep. do my homework. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Oh, I won't be here next Saturday. Oh, well, well you, you can always listen, listen to podcast. podcast. You know. Do you have a computer? Yes. Yeah, okay. you can listen to the show anytime. Okay, then. It's usually put up on the AM740 website by about the Wednesday after the yeah. show. Okay, okay, Rita. Just go to podcast. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, uh, boy, they're going to keep you busy doing that homework. <laughs> oh, there's the bell, and that's for Doris in Mississauga. First time caller. Hi, Doris. Good morning. How are you? Great. How are you? Welcome. I love that story about the oaks. Isn't that lovely? What a dedicated family. I know. Good people. Uh-huh. Anyway, I have a maple tree. Uh-huh. And it, it was losing its leaves back in September, October. Mm -hmm. uh, dead leaves. Mm -hmm. Not Not uh, like normal. Yeah. Lots. They shriveled up, yep. It's totally dead. And my leaves are at least five to six inches uh, 
wide. You know, it's a big leaf maple tree. Right. Mm. So, so it, is there a disease going around on maple trees? That's my question. Yes. Because of that cold spring and the high moisture levels that we were experiencing this past spring and summer, many of the maples were really, really struggling with a disease called anthracnose. Anthracnose? Anthracnose. So E-N... A-N... A-N-D-R-A? No, A-N-T-H. Oh, A-N-T-H. R-A-C, nose, N-O-S-E, anthracnose. So not something you can do anything about because obviously that was Mother Nature and all the cool temperatures and high moisture levels. The one thing you can do, though, is, and this kind of goes back even to our last caller, Maples tend to get become very, very dense with their um, all their branches crisscrossing in the center, leaves everywhere, deep, dark shade beneath, uh, very little air and sun penetration into the canopy because of the size of the leaves and the way maples grow. Mm-hmm. So bringing in a certified arborist to open the canopy to remove some of that inner growth allowing sun and air to penetrate makes for a healthier tree with healthier leaves and less disease problems as well potentially root feeding a plant like that again to just ensure that it's getting enough fertility Mm -hmm. to keep it as happy and as healthy as possible that because certainly I, i saw many maples suffering this year from the you know debilitations around the cold wet spring If it's an important maple to you and it's been there for a long, long time and it adds huge value to your home, it is often totally worth calling certified arborists to come in and make recommendations on how to keep it as healthy as you can. And that will not cost you anything as you can. initial call, will it? Not at all. Getting somebody onto the property will not be at, at any expense, but of course the recommendations will be at an expense. But... Honestly, it's sometimes one of the best ways to spend some money to save trees. Number one, because we love them, but number two, because they add property huge value, value to your mm-hmm. property. All right. Thank you, Doris. Thanks, Doris. Okay. Um, we, uh, well, I think we have time for one more call. If it's a really fast that, one, that would be uh, Al, Al in yep. Kitchener. Good yep. morning, Al. Morning. Morning. Morning, Charlie. Uh, yeah, I've got a uh, potted plant, uh, plant uh, Boston fern. Mm-hmm. I think it's a Boston fern, but it was a beautiful green uh, uh, fern. Mm-hmm. And I left it outside uh, last week. Uh, didn't bring it in. I wasn't quite sure if it was a, a perennial or an annual. Uh-huh. And it's uh, turned now sort of brownish, um, uh, I guess brownish purple. Mm-hmm. It's still very uh, pliable. And then there's some really nice... Uh, uh, green shoots that come out there about a foot long already mm-hmm. and i'm not too sure if it's uh what i should do with it was it it, it was in a pot this whole time yes and it, i don't think it's a boston fern if it was a boston fern it would have turned brown overnight with the cold temperatures and just all the leaves would have fallen off probably what it is is a kimberly fern so if you want to google kimberly fern you'll be able to identify whether that's what you've got if it is a kimberly fern it is a tropical it does need to be kept frost free in order to survive the winter however it you know it's good down to close to zero so yeah hard to know exactly if it's a hardy fern get it in the ground if it's a Kimberly fern, get it in the house. <laughs> so Google Kimberly fern and see, or take a photograph and send it to me and I can identify it for you. But either way, the, uh, a Boston, it's not a Boston fern because it would be dead. <laughs> okay. All righty. Thank you. We're, we're just about fresh yep, out of time. Gotta but go. I want to thank Neil from Oakville who called in with the answer right. to our question, what, what the crop do they grow there in Tilsonburg now? 
ginseng. Yes, is it is. How about I thought that? I couldn't remember, but it is yeah, ginseng. Thanks, Neil. Yes. Appreciate the appreciate the information. Exactly. So you you're back for a while this yes, afternoon. Yes, I'll be here at one thirty. All right, and I'm off to the ballet tonight. How are you? Yes, oh. indeed. You know me, cultured person that I, I am. Just picture you grand jeting across the <laughs> lobby floor. Pas de deux. Off we go. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. <laughs> Thank you, Sebastian. Couldn't do it without all your help and all our great callers. Take care. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.